0: Well good morning. Good morning. <laughs> How's everybody this morning? Good? Yeah. Enjoy, enjoy being in the presence of God? Yes. Well he has a little bit more for us as we uh, open up his word and feed. It's our daily bread. Just Amen. Like we <laughs> sang in that song. His very word spoken to us. Yeah. And so we are finishing up <clears throat> the series that we began, I don't know, several weeks ago. We started on spiritual warfare. And we've been talking about the verses of the armor of God in Ephesians chapter six. Today, we're going to be talking about the final part of of those weapons, which is the weapon of prayer, the weapon of prayer. And so when we talk about the armor of God, often you don't hear prayer as a piece of that armor. But really, as we're going to read the scripture about it, we see that really prayer is, brings the power to bring all of these pieces to, to pass together. It's like prayer is how we actually put on the armor and wear the armor and use the armor. That's for sure. And so um, let's read from, we're going to restart from Ephesians chapter 6. If you have your Bible with you.
1: Start at verse 10. I would
0: encourage you to open your Bible and find Ephesians chapter 6 in the New Testament. We do have it up on PowerPoint. But we always encourage you to become familiar with the Word of God yourself. So that when you're home and you open up the Bible, you start to feel familiar with where you're going. So this is Ephesians chapter 6 beginning with verse 10.
1: Yeah, you're going to definitely want to find that because then we'll jump to chapter 1 after we take a look at this. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. And we're in verse
0: 16. It says, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith mm. with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the wicked one or the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Verse 18, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. And to that end, keep alert with mm-hmm. all perseverance. Yep making supplication for all the saints and also for me that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Let's just pray. Father, we come in the name of Jesus and we're asking you, Lord, for your help and revelation and understanding these words. These words are meant to be bread and life to us. And so help us, Lord, to understand the armor and help us especially to become people of prayer. Yes, Lord, realizing that it's in our prayers that we are depending upon you. And you're taking our prayers as we pray according to your will and you're anointing them and you're bringing your will to pass. In this earth. May your kingdom come, Lord. May your will be done here on earth, in our hearts, in the earth and vessels in yes. us on earth here in this realm as it is in heaven. And we just say we love you. We thank you for what you're going to show us this morning, Holy Spirit. Yes. In Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. amen.
0: So when the apostle Paul wrote this letter to the church in Ephesus. Roman military occupation was the norm. It was everywhere, really, in the, in the known world. And as the Apostle Paul says here in these verses, I'm an ambassador in chains. And so he's sitting in a Roman prison cell in chains as he's writing this letter. And he's been arrested for preaching the gospel. And so think about it. If Paul would look at his situation from the natural he could have written a letter saying, hey guys, you know, get the best soldiers in the church and have them strategize this really great military <laughs> move to overthrow the wicked government. Get me out of this place, right? But Paul understood that that's not really where the battle was, where the war was going on, where it was taking place. It's like, Even though I'm in prison and I'm in chains, The fight isn't really with the flesh and blood around me, the military, the Roman military, that are guarding me. So he writes inspired by the Holy Spirit to the church about the real conflict, the real battle, where it's really at. And this is what we just read about. There's spiritual forces. There are unseen forces in the heavenly realm. Rulers, we just read it, rulers, authorities, Mm -hmm. cosmic powers... And spiritual forces of what? Evil right. in the heavenly places. And so Apostle Paul is telling us that there's this vast, dark kingdom that's been set up to rule over mankind. We looked at that scripture a few weeks ago from Ephesians chapter 2 where it said that the whole world is under the prince of the power of the air. Unless you're in God's kingdom, there are only two kingdoms. Right, You're in the kingdom of darkness or light. There really is no neutral zone. And so the whole world is under sitting under the darkness of this vast evil system with the prince of the power of the air. He's like the ruling general, if you will, over all of it. Because just as we have rank in our military, you have privates and you have lieutenants and captains and generals in our military forces. Well, that's really what these verses are talking about. Rulers, authorities, mm-hmm. cosmic powers. There's rank in the dark forces that are ruling this world. And I mean, really, the, the truth of the matter is the likelihood that Satan himself is actually bothering, and if Satan is not omnipresent. And so he's using demonic forces, rulers, authorities to do his will yeah. in the earth.
1: Pretty much, he doesn't know your name.
0: Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> And so this is what Paul is trying to help the church understand, and we need as the church in 2023 to understand the same thing. Amen. That this is what's influencing the hate for the gospel, and the hate and persecution of Christians. It's not really the. It's the flesh. He's using flesh and blood to do his work, and so Paul is saying our our power is going to come from wearing the armor of God. We need armor. We need spiritual armor to stand against these dark forces that are coming against us. And we also need to be engaging in prayer. Yes, it's Because we cannot just know about these things. We must talk to the Lord. I, I'm, I am the righteousness of God. Like we wear, I'm putting on this helmet of salvation. I'm going to think with the mind of Christ. So we, we must use prayer as a part of Amen. the power to withstand them. And so, remember though, in Ephesians 121... Yeah, look at this.
1: Turn to Ephesians chapter... What we have to understand is what is our position right here, right now? What is our position? Are we going under or are we going over? Uh, Our position is stated in, uh, throughout the Scripture, actually. But I wanted to bring up a couple of Scriptures here. In Ephesians 1.21, it, it talks here, in this tremendous prayer, it talks about where Jesus is seated. It says, He's seated far above all rule, far above all rule, authority, power, and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. And if you look at chapter two there, it says that you and I, because we've surrendered our life to Christ, we've recognized that we were in need of a savior and we called on his name. It says that we have been raised up and made to sit together with him. (laughs) So if Jesus is far above all these demonic influences, where's that put you and I? far above far above not just above far above see Satan has already lost this war yeah, yeah, and you have to remind him especially when he sends these little imps to hassle you you've got to remind him he'll remind you of your past you remind him of his future Amen, yeah. you keep doing that and I'm telling you what he's going to back off why? Because that's the Word of God. Yeah. It's the sword of the Spirit. You're smacking Him. And you've got to just love that. <laughs> Jesus won the war. And so therefore, we are standing in a position of victory. It's through His cross, His shed blood, that we have been forgiven of our sins. That we have been transferred out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's beloved Son. And again, where is that? Far above. Yeah. Far above. It's so great. The power of sin and death has been defeated. Yes. Satan is a defeated foe. Amen. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 15, I really like this. It talks about that after Jesus' victory uh, through the cross and his resurrection, the Bible declares that he actually put on a parade. He put on a parade, just like Rome used to put on parades and bring the vanquished foe right down Main Street and then slaughter them at the end of the road. <laughs> Jesus says that he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. It says that he made an open display of them through his cross and the victory of it. So when he's hassling you, ask him, who was leading that parade? Who really was reading, leading that parade? Mm-hmm, yeah. But you're just reminding him of his defeat. Yeah. And he's a prideful being, and he's yeah. not going to put up with it. He'll leave you alone. Just like when Jesus was being tempted in the desert. He gave him the word, and he says, I'm leaving to a better opportunity. <laughs> and I love this here in First Peter too. It says, First Peter chapter 3, verse 22. This says, this is so good. And he has now seated, he is now seated in the heaven and at his right hand of God with all angels and authorities and powers made subservient to him. Yes. There it is. Another great scripture to remind the devil of his defeat. Yeah. And defeat, Jesus did. He defeated all the rulers, authorities, and powers of darkness at the cross when he shed his blood for the forgiveness of our sins. And he released us from Satan's power, from the hold that sin had over us. We're, we were spiritual prisoners, but now we're free people. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. It's by the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And he's given to us this eternal life to those people who call on his name and are faithful to the end. Yeah. Yeah. That's us. Amen? Amen?
0: So the victory, the victory over these dark forces has already been accomplished for us in Christ. Right. But we said this before, but we're living in this already but not yet tension, if you will. Jesus has already won the battle against the demonic powers of darkness that, that were arrayed against us. Okay, he won the victory for us. We have to remember this. The victory that he got for us on the cross was all for us. Yeah, To give us back the kingdom.
1: Yes. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, remember
0: right. that Jesus said in yeah. the gospels, it's, fear not little flock, it's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. We got to go back at some point and always remember what happened in the garden. This was God's original plan. Yes, that we would have dominion over the earth, and so He got back what the devil stole, yes. what was being robbed from us. The thief comes to steal, kill, and right. to destroy. Jesus came to bring life, and so already Jesus has won the battle for us. Okay, but we don't see everything subject to us, do we? No, we don't. But like it says in Hebrews, but we do see Jesus. Yes,
1: hallelujah.
0: We look to him. And this is why we have to walk by faith now in that victory and not by sight. And that's not easy. No. It takes a lot of renewing the mind to walk by faith. in what you cannot see out here, but what you see yeah. as truth in the word of God. It yes. takes mind renewal in time and you could see why then demonic forces would want to influence your thoughts and war against your mind. Yeah. offering you opposite thoughts and ideas and suggestions to what this word says. And the, the tricky part of this is if we don't even know what this word says, then we're just all mixed up. truly. This is why when we come to Christ, one of the main things we must do is work on getting our mind renewed to who we really are. Yes. Otherwise, we're just walking in confusion, to tell you the truth. (laughs) Because we think we understand God, and we have some other concept of God, and the devil comes in and whispers this other thing, he doesn't like you, and they're better than you, and the body, and God shows them more than you, and we we get all mixed up. And so he deceives. His deception is his only mode of operation. And if you know some of the truth, then he wants to deceive you to let go of it. Right. Suggest a half-truth to you. Did God really say that was meant? Did God really say like he did in the garden?
1: Or suggest
0: ideas and fearful thoughts. Well, you've been waiting a long time on this promise. What if it never happens? And, you know, these things begin to spark doubt in our mind. And yep. if we just linger there, that's what he's happy with. Linger, 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 and live your life like in this halfway lukewarm state. Or rebellious right. thoughts. Yeah. You can do your own thing. You don't need to join a group of people. You don't really need to follow all of this word. I mean, all <laughs> kinds of thoughts, ideas, and suggestions that go against the will of God. And it influences not only your mind, but it starts to influence your emotions. Yeah. That's the thrust of the battle. If he can grab you in your mind, then your emotions get involved, your mood gets involved, your outlook gets involved, your behavior gets involved. Before you know it, you're, you're, going, yeah, you're going in the wrong direction. Yep. It just affects the whole general outlook of your life. True. And so you can see why getting a hold of your thoughts and examining your thoughts. How am I thinking? Why am I feeling this way? Is there a reason You know, we need to stop and pause instead of just run, run, run. The the world will have us on this go, 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 go. We need to pause. This is why coming together like this to worship and to listen to the word of God gives us an opportunity to settle our mind. And I can bet even for many of you sitting here, it's easy for your mind to instantly wander even now. What am I going to do after church? What are we going to do this afternoon? What am I having for lunch? What's for dessert? (laughs) That's it. (laughs) (laughs) We have ice cream in the freezer. Woo! (laughs) But we need to keep training ourselves to think on the word of God. Do my thoughts align with truth? This is vital because if you're not training yourself, I say the same thing, you're kind of just drifting along and you're wondering why isn't this working? Well, maybe like I say, God's waiting on you to get into the word. Yeah, because amen. you can be sincerely believing something about life, about yourself, about your future, and still be sincerely wrong. Right. Ooh. And that's dangerous yes. place to be. Yes, and so we need to be wearing this armor. Like we need to take these things that we've been talking about seriously and think: Am I wearing the helmet of salvation? Am I?
1: Thinking, we're, in, we're in a uh, yes. We're, we're going We're in a love story, no question about it. But it's set in a war zone. Yeah. We are at war. Yeah. To win this war, we need spiritual weapons because it's a spiritual war yeah right it's we need the armor of god i mean this is why he said what we're reading here he says take twice in that he says put on the whole armor of god take up the whole armor of god i think that's kind of like hey you guys get it
0: <laughs> put it, it on do it yeah.
1: <laughs> because we need these spiritual weapons to fight a spiritual war In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, it says, we don't need to turn there, but these are some of these tidbits that you can find in the Bible, which strengthens you in your resolve, and it brings faith. And this is what pleases God, faith. Knowing that you and I are an overcomer with Christ, it says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. These strongholds are thoughts that we, and belief systems that we have embraced. But as we read the word, we find out they weren't even actually true. They're not true at all. And here's the key, you know, honestly, we all have this. Uh, The enemy has very strong hold on some of your friends. He's blinded their eyes so they can't really make, solid judgments they can't choose the right things and a lot of times he's prejudiced their mind against Jesus already that they can't even talk rationally about it they want to blow up and they want to attack and they it's just so why does that happen because we're going to look at a scripture that tells you why it happens you know
0: They're feeling the warfare. They're feeling
1: the warfare. Because every time there's an opportunity, that happens here too. Every time there's an opportunity to actually for you or I to make a choice for God, there's opposition. And sometimes you'll feel it. It's like, I'm getting a little nervous or I feel the pressure. It's a spiritual reality. And what happens to our friends who are not saved they feel this warfare, and actually they feel the condemnation, the condemnation, the condemnation that they are sinners before a holy God. Look at this scripture, John 3. Everybody loves to go with John 3:16, but we need to look at John 3:18 and John 3:36. It says that the wrath of God hangs over the unbeliever. John 3, 36. This is really important. And what we do is like we try to make judgments according to our own self. Well, that's, you know, that's a little rough. So maybe we won't, we won't believe that one, but we'll believe the next one. No, God's, God's word is forever settled in heaven. You and I are not going to talk Jesus out of anything when we stand before him at the judgment seat. (laughs) It says, whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him.
0: So this is why people push away. Yeah when you start to talk about Jesus or church even, just with people, sometimes you could feel that tension. And sometimes it is coming from a person who's living in sin. And sin brings this sense of condemnation. And so it's like, don't judge me. I don't need this. I want to feel the judgment. See, I mean, the truth of the matter, though, is the God of this world is destroying them. but They're not even aware of it. They're, like, pushing it away. Like, this is why John 3.20, this is, we also have this uh, up on the screen. For every wrongdoer hates the light. Like, people don't want to come in the light. Like, no, you know, and will not come out into the light, but shrinks from it. Lest his works, his deeds, his activities, his conduct be exposed and reproved. Right. And it's just not natural for people to just say, yeah, I just, to feel judged. It, but if they keep holding on to their sin, you know, they're going to be swiftly moving towards, they are moving towards destruction. Right. And they don't even realize it. So, you know, if you're sitting in here, you don't know Christ. Maybe that's even true about you. Like, but, but Paul wrote that the God of this world has blinded people's yes. eyes to see the truth. And this is where the weapon of prayer comes in. This is where prayer becomes powerful and it's needed because we know the will of god we know that god desires none to perish but all to come to right. eternal life and so often people need some prayer coverage before these conversations even take place to soften a hardened that's heart that's
1: exactly right
0: if you're praying god open if their eyes are if we know scripture says their eyes are blinded then we would pray god open their eyes To see their need, to see where they stand in light of eternity, to see that they're a sinner and they're going to die in their sin. Right. We pray, we must pray these things to help the Lord soften the ground of people's hearts so when they hear the gospel, the seed is more likely to take root in that heart.
1: You know, we're we're looking at this spiritual armor, and one of the things we notice on all of this uh, For the most part, it's all defensive. It's defensive. We have the helmet, we have the shield, we have the breastplate. It's all intended to be able to soften the blows of our enemy. Uh, You can also take a look there and you notice that there's no armor for your backside.
0: Yeah, think about it,
1: yeah. Uh, That means that God is not intending you or I to run from a fight. Yeah, that's right. We are to stand firm and take ground. And that's what the two offensive weapons are for, to take ground. It's the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And in this spirit realm, if we could watch and we could see as these attacks come toward us and we quote the Scripture, you're smacking these these little imps. Mm -hmm. They're, again they throw bigger shadow than than yeah. who they really are. Yeah. It's because, deception. Right. We we have the name above all names. Yeah. <laughs> so prayer is the other offensive weapon. Like yeah. Pastor Mamie was saying, what is what exactly is it? You know, this prayer draws upon really think about it. It draws upon uh, the power of unity that we have with Christ. Could you imagine now, after his resurrection, that these little demons would come up to him? Think about the man of Gadara. It says that he came running up to Jesus, and this is a demon, a guy that had a legion of demons, came up to him and bowed down. What do you have to do with us, son of God? See, there's power in the name of Jesus. Going back, he's raised up and made to sit together. We are made to sit together with him far above. We are always fighting from a place of victory. Yes. And to enforce that, you need these two offensive weapons. You need the word of God and you need to have the prayer covering for everything that we're doing. Everything that we're doing. Because you're, in my prayers, you might not think, but there is great spiritual power in your prayers. You, you want to cover somebody? You want that, their heart to be prepared to hear the Word of God so that incorruptible seed lands in good soil? You need to cover them with prayer. Yeah. Every single one of us have people that we could pray for that are not born again, but yet they need prayer. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. And suppose you and I are the only ones praying for them. And then we stop praying? Yo... Now think about it, if if the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and prayer are the two offensive weapons, Uh, suppose an attacker comes after you, and you're in a life and death fight, and he's got a knife, well guess what all the attention is going to? That knife. (laughs) And so what will happen then is now Satan is going to try to distract you from your offensive weapons to some other method that you might be able to do. All right, don't read the word, don't pray. You know, maybe you should fast.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, the knife becomes the deciding factor.
1: Absolutely. Just same with prayer and the word of God, that is the deciding factor in your victory. Yeah. It's it's important for us to understand that this is how we are going to succeed. The Bible declares that we as Christians we are to be praying at all times. It says, "Pray at all times." It says, "Pray without ceasing." Your life is supposed to be a life of prayer. That means that we have a life of depending on the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us. Help us, Lord. Yeah. Help us. Thank
0: you. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, I was just thinking about uh, Jesus in the wilderness. I mean, yeah. consider when he faced his, a great temptation there in the wilderness. Uh, how did he defeat those attacks that came against his mind? He spoke the word of God in yeah. faith. He kept saying, it is written. And that became the offensive weapon. Like when the devil tempted him to turn this stone, like he fasted 40 days and nights. I don't know how he did it. 40 days and nights, and the devil comes and tells him, well, if you're the son of God, you know, make this stone turn into bread.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that, had, that was a temptation. You're hungry after 40 days and nights. And he, say, he, write, he speaks back, it is written, man shall not yes. live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. That was a scripture from Deuteronomy 6, or Deuteronomy 8, I'm sorry. Yeah, Deuteronomy 8. And so when, and then he goes on tempting him, I'll give you the glory of all the kingdoms of the world because they've been handed over to me. If you will just bow down and worship me. And Jesus quotes again, this time from Deuteronomy 6, it is written, worship the Lord, your God and him only will you serve. These are like, these are like knife attacks going towards the enemy. Because the, Satan cannot stand against the Word of God. That's right. And the name of Jesus. So Jesus responded to every temptation, knowing the Word of God. It is written. What is God's will in the matter here? And eventually the devil did flee until he found another opportunity, there you which go. was really the greatest one, was in the Garden of Gethsemane. Mm-hmm. You know, praying until it said, "Great drops of blood came from his." from his sweat. He agonized in prayer there, agonizing with his father, asking for strength that he would do the the will of the father. You know, in the flesh, Jesus was the son of man. So in his flesh, in his humanity, he recoiled it. Who would go, yeah, I want to go to the cross and take the weight of the sin of the world. Like we can't even understand what that's like. It's hard enough for us to understand the weight of sin in our own personal struggle with just ourselves, let alone the weight of the world. And so he didn't want to go to the cross. He recoiled from it, but he knew it was his father's will. This was the whole purpose for him to come to the earth, be born a man, born of a virgin, take on flesh, live a sinless life for the purpose of dying an undeserved death on the cross for us to take the penalty for our sin and then be raised from the dead on the third day. And that sacrifice for us was the joy set before him. And so prayer to his father was a huge part of his victory here. He didn't just like sit there and think about, he's like, father, if there's any other way, but not my will, let your will be done. So he's praying to his father on that, it was that union and it did say the angel came in and strengthened him. The Father's strength came into him to give him resolve to go to the cross.
1: See that night in the Garden of Gethsemane, not only Jesus was facing uh, the great spiritual test, the battle, but Peter was too. Yeah. You yeah. know, Peter was too, and. Uh, Jesus Self, knew it, self-assured Peter. But Peter didn't know it, did he? <laughs> yes, he was so self-assured. I'll never deny you, Lord. I'm gonna, you know, I'll go to the prison with you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then we all say stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, they said, really work that in me, Lord. <laughs> Give yourself over to him. You know, it, it, the key too is like when Jesus was quoting the Word of God back to the devil and the temptation knowledge of the word of God is at an all time low for people who claim to be Christians and the only thing that can change that is you only you that can change that but back to Peter (laughs) (laughs) Did Jesus say, pray? Yeah. Sit here and pray for me. Do you know? This This it's, it's, uh But what it comes down to is like, Peter, what did he do? He came back and found Peter doing what? Sleeping. Yeah. Sleeping. And here's what Jesus, Jesus says.
0: But Jesus said to Simon before that... Yeah. You know, that Satan has been demanding that I, he give...
1: Sift you like sift
0: you like wheat, yeah. like give you over to him that I can sift him like wheat. You can, so I mean, Satan wanted to inwardly sift Peter, like you would a sieve, you know, you put something in a sieve and you shake it around. He wanted to inwardly shake Peter's faith,
1: yes, with the hopes of destroying the
0: hopes of overthrowing it, yeah. Right? But, yeah. but here, because Jesus, right
1: now, Jesus, he's always at the right end of the Father, making intercession for you and I. Yeah.
0: So like Luke 22, 32.
1: Yeah. This is so good.
0: Thank God Jesus
1: did this <laughs> for Peter. <laughs> Thank God he's praying for us, yeah. amen? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jesus but I, says, but I have prayed especially for you, Peter. Put your name in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that your own faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen and establish your brethren. And there you go. And then what did Jesus tell them? This is Luke 22, look at this verse 40. Jesus came to the place in Gethsemane. He said to them, pray that you may not enter into temptation.
0: What did he tell them to do so they wouldn't enter into temptation?
1: Pray. Pray. And then but when Jesus came back, they were doing what? Sleeping. Sleeping. Uh, we know how the story goes. Yeah. Jesus won his battle, but Peter didn't. Yeah, Amen? You know, our, our, a lot of our battles that we're dealing with are won through prayer. Yeah. Are won through prayer. And uh, listen, if, you, if you're just new to this praying stuff, we invite you Tuesdays and Wednesdays you come yes. and learn how to pray scripture, yeah. pray what the Bible declares. You'll come and find out who you are in Christ, yeah. not the old man, the new man. Yeah. You will find out who we are in Christ, and then you're going to be able to, with confidence, pray for yourself, your family, and for other people.
0: Yeah. yeah, don't let the devil deceive you into thinking, I pray enough, we could all pray more. But there's something about when we gather together corporately for prayer. Yes. This is so important. The Holy Spirit, I believe, is moving upon the church in these days to say, you need to be praying. You need to take it seriously. Because the devil is a schemer. Yep. You know, he's scheming against you. Are you praying that your eyes will be open as you walk out the plan of God for your life? Because if we're prayerless, we leave the door wide open for the yep. scheme to just take place in our life. And so I cannot encourage you enough to make prayer a part of your life. Yes. Besides for praying at home, come corporately to prayer. I do believe you'll be, you will be blessed and encouraged uh, by doing that. But we we can do far more. We talk about a person's salvation, you know, praying for them rather than arguing with them. You know, the devil wants us to get into these arguments with people. But prayer behind the scenes is like, if we think about it as armor or military strength, it's like heavy artillery. You know, they're being bombarded by the Holy Spirit. Through right. your prayers. I know it seems like I'm just whispering and saying this, but the Lord's taking it yes. and bombard it could be like a love bomb dropping on them. <laughs> God help them to yeah. see how much you love them. <laughs> boom, you know. <laughs> or a conviction bomb, you know. God, if they don't get out of their sin, they're gonna die in it. Convict them, boom, a conviction bomb. The Holy Spirit will do these things through our prayers, a revelation yes. of their need, yes. you know, to see their sin. All these they need these prayer bombs if you will dropping in their life. Prayer is like heavy artillery. <laughs> they don't know where it's coming from. They don't even know why they're feeling it. They know yeah, their life might be true. falling apart but it's like <laughs> like God's on the scene here. We have to we must believe that because he is. If we pray according to your to his will scripture says we know he hears us. Amen. And we know we have the petition that he asks of us. So these are the things that we have to become assured of. This is why we pray. It's like, well, we'll pray for this person, and God will move. Yes. We should be excited about prayer. Philippians 4 says, you know, in everything, by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God. Thessalonians says, pray without ceasing. James 5.16 says, it's the fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman that makes tremendous power available. Right? So in overcoming life, we have this on the screen, it isn't possible without prayer. Amen. You'd be weak spiritually without prayer. Because prayer is expressing, for one big thing, our dependency on God. Amen. You and I do not have the power to change a heart. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. And he needs us united with our prayers, with the will of God. Truth. And then God's power moves through those prayers so important because without believing prayer you just become a victim it's like oh i don't know i don't know right. it's like no god's given yeah. us words to pray
1: nobody you, know, we you don't become want a
0: victim but with god yeah. like the scripture says all things become possible
1: yes and listen it's it's a privilege it prayer is a privilege yeah. we're going to the god of the universe and we have his ear he's listening to us yeah. and it says pray without ceasing be persistent in prayer uh, you know, you just can't just pray one or two times and think, that's it, I got it covered. You've got to fight the good fight of faith. Yeah. Uh, you've got to come away with, with, I refuse to be told no, because I have the word of God on this. I know that this is His will, and I'm going to push through the opposition to just get this accomplished. And here's a prayer quote from A.W. Pink. Prayer is not so much an act as it is an attitude, an attitude of dependency, dependency upon God. I like this one with Billy Graham. Heaven's full of answers to prayer for which no one ever bothered to ask. Oh, does that hurt, huh? (laughs) Abraham Lincoln. I've been driven many times upon my knees by the overwhelming conviction that I have nowhere else to go. That's that's so good, Martin Luther. Pray hardest when it's the hardest to pray. Yeah. (laughs) If you here's it is from the unknown. If you only pray when you're in trouble then you're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pray and faint not, Jesus told yeah, us. Yeah, men
0: ought always to pray, Jesus said, and not to faint. So we're almost out of time here. Yep. We had we had the story from Luke just to close out. If, if you remember it, it's the parable in Luke 18. Um, it's, I'm going to read it quickly and then we'll close out yeah. because I think it just... It it sort of solidifies this uh, sense of perseverance in prayer. And Jesus told them a parable, Luke 18, verse 1. And Jesus told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray Mm -hmm. and not lose heart. He said, in a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I'll give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge says, and will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night?
1: Hallelujah!
0: Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? I mean, prayer is requires perseverance. Absolutely. And we can often let a go of our faith because of this sense of if we go back to God, it's like we're waiting on God for answers to prayer.
1: We know people that have prayed for their family members, prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed, and, prayed, and it looked like nothing's happening. Okay. Then on the on gentleman's deathbed, he yeah. accepted Christ Jesus. Yeah. That's victory, yeah. folks. Yes, That's were were victory. those
0: persevering prayers all along worth it? Yeah. go, yes, oh, yeah. they were worth it, yeah.
1: yeah. The, the truth is that... We should never give up on our prayer. Yeah. If anybody should give up, it should be the devil.
0: Amen. That's right. Yeah. Right. That's right. I mean, the answer might appear to be delayed. And yeah. It may be delayed. But we are given the strength. This is where the Lord says, come to me, I'll give you strength. Yes. This is part of our walk with God. This is our walk of faith. If Jesus had to pray to his Father, yeah. we must pray to our Heavenly Father. How much more would we to, Come on. In, in order to stand? Because Scripture tells us that we wear the armor and we pray. It will give us power to stand. Amen. And having done all, yes. stand. And that's what's important. Refuse to give up. That's right. I mean, like you, Pastor Steve said, if anybody, tell yourself if anybody should give up, it's the devil. He's already lost <laughs> right. Yeah, we remind stand, him. Remind him. Just yeah. keep
1: reminding him. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so oh, Father, we thank you for worship you Lord. We thank you for the power of your word, Lord. We thank you Holy Spirit for just being in the atmosphere and in our hearts here this morning, teaching us, guiding us, leading us. Help us, Lord, to become people of prayer. You desire to hear our voice. You desire us to come to you, to see our face, to hear your voice, and you hear our voice. Lord, help us to remember this is a relationship of love and obedience, and that we come to you with that desire. Our desire is to do your will. Yes. So we worship you, Lord. We thank you, Father, for helping us.
1: We want to remind you that there's only two kingdoms that are here there's only two kingdoms that's the kingdom of God or the kingdom of darkness and there's no middle ground no middle ground and the judge has already stated how he's going to judge our, our decisions are vital in what we do this room has been covered in prayer and if you're here today and you haven't really given your life to Christ or you're not living for him, today's the day that you make the decision. Choose life. Choose life.
0: We cannot serve two masters, Jesus said. We cannot serve God and man. And so this is the day of salvation. If anyone is here wants desires to give their life to Christ have their sins forgiven yes. repent come into eternal life with Christ we encourage you to have the courage to raise your hand we'll pray a simple prayer of faith with you anybody everybody's.
1: hallelujah thank you Jesus for doing a work in oh, our hearts we have, today I see that hand hallelujah worship you Lord Let's, let's all pray this prayer together especially you who raised your hand father i come to you in Jesus name I come to you in Jesus name and because of Jesus because of Jesus you'll take me in you'll take me in i'm calling on you Jesus i'm calling on you Jesus to wash me clean from my sins wash me clean from my sins I believe that you went to the cross. I believe you went to the cross. You spilled your blood and died. You spilled your blood and died. You were buried in the third day you rose again from the dead.
0: You were buried in the third day you rose again from and the you're dead. And now, you're now
1: seated at the right hand of God the Father. Seated at the right hand of God Spirit the of the living God. Spirit of the living. God. I invite you in to make me new. I invite you in to make me new. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen. and amen. amen.